This week on Show Me Your News, Shulk and leaked videos in the Smash Brothers update, the new 3DS, and Amazon's purchase of Twitch are discussed. Also, Pokémon Tournament is announced, the dying of the term gamer in the industry, and much more. Our guest is Darkarai, editor of Moon Prison Power Hour and DJ on RTM Radio. Hey, gaming world, I implore you to... Show me the news! And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's... Show me the news! Your favorite Super Smash Brothers Brawl podcast from 2007 continues to cover the latest in the video game industry at showmeyournews.com. Now, let's join the show. Welcome! Welcome to Show Me Your News, the pinnacle for delivering and debating the gaming news that matters the most to you. Rumor-filled gossip, hardware blunders, or upcoming releases. If it relates to video games, we want to talk about it. I am Yoko, but you can call me Peter, and I have been marathoning a game all weekend long. I am Super, or Solaroth, but you can call me Miles, and I have been playing the same game for the last year. Project M. <laughs> I am Evie, but you can call me Rachel, and I've also been playing one game all of the weekend, which is Starbound, and I still kind of want to play it now. I think I've I think I found a new Isaac? crack. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not binding Isaac anymore. <laughs> whoa, the spell is broken. Hold the fucking After phone. One <laughs> <laughs> we are part of the SMYN network at showmeyournews.com, and our top stories today for episode 166 of the podcast on Sunday, August 31st, 2014. In the Smash Brothers update, we got the Monado user. It wasn't on Monday for a Monado Monday, it was on Friday, but... An exciting... <laughs> I don't know what that noise was just there. That was a honking <laughs> horn from outside. I can't help that. He's honking in support of the newest Smash Brothers character. It's like, yeah, yeah. We'll tell you all about that. Also, a surprise hardware announcement from Nintendo. I don't think any of us saw this in particular coming. Also, a certain popular website for games has finally been purchased. But not by who you think it would be. Our Hilarity of the Week will talk about semantics of a word that defines players in our industry. We have stories in our story pool, games that are out recently, then we'll do What Are You Playing? We're kind of mixing around a little bit to talk about the games we've been playing recently. We'll wrap it up with some YouTube videos and have a good show. Our guest this week, he is the editor of Moon Prison Power Hour. He is a DJ on RTM Radio, both shows under the Show Me News Network. Please welcome Darkrai. Hello, friends. How are you? Really sick. I'm sorry. Don't be I'm sore all over. <clears throat> Had to help my mom move out last uh, yesterday, and it took 13 hours. Oh, that's the worst. That's, that's and I was generally how it works on moves. And I was hungover the whole time. <laughs> but you're not telling that to her, right? No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, let, like, me, let, me tell you, let me tell you, five shots of absinthe. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Now you, you you'll oh, get boy. you'll get the how I met your mother reference, but with Robin, did you experience the life is cloud on a dream that we're having? That babies, whatever the quote is. No, I felt I felt pretty normal like the entire the, that that night, and then the next day was the worst thing that I've ever oh. done. Did you experience the whole thing that happened on Euro Trip, where they could actually see the green little fairy, and it was really weird, and then saw made out with her sister? 
That's too British for me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, we do appreciate you joining us though for this episode uh, with the Smash Brothers news that we'll, we'll get into. Uh, you know, you're a Xenoblade Chronicles fan. You've gotten pretty no. far in it though. Uh, well, I've played I, I played a large amount of it. I wouldn't say that that far. counts. You know, it's it's a beefy game. Uh, you know, how if, long is it? It's, gosh, it's like at it's least a hundred hours. Yeah, if you want to do everything, it's a hundred hours at least. Oh wow! Um, oh, that's why I'm. Uh, I'm uh, excited as a recent news for it because playing a game that big on console is really difficult. Yes, it is. Yes, it but absolutely I, is. I've played more of uh, Xenoblade than I played of Tales of Zillia, so, and I beat Tales of Zillia, so works for okay. me. So, in the Smash Brothers update this week, the actual updates not so impressive. Uh, a lot of no. people got to calling it Menu Week, and essentially. We'll get to the, the two big things that really happened to define this week, but uh, just to quickly look over these screenshots from the Miiverse. Uh, classic mode is back. I don't think there's much of a surprise there. You have the intensity scale that is like Kid Icarus Uprising, so Sakurai is bringing in his design from other games. Uh, basically talking about the higher difficulty you set it, you know, the different end bosses. I think that basically confirms Crazy Hand is back, at least. There are different rumors that Maybe Taboo is if you put it up on one of the highest difficulties. Maybe you see Hades from Kid Icarus Uprising. Some rumors floating around out there. I don't know how much we can trust those, but you have all these text leaks now starting to come out, which are not that trustworthy. I really hope we don't see Taboo. He was kind of a, a brawl-specific Subspace was lame. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, then we know that Spectator Mode is back. You know, gamble coins because gambling is legal in Japan. But hey, if you're doing it in a video game, who cares? They kind of get away with it with the pachinko parlors and, and all that, but not entirely legal over there. So, but you know, they want to spend their Smash Gold on different matches. I hope that these replays they go beyond the three minutes. I think that that's a big hope for this time around with this version of the game. Uh, re- recapping or just capping the the highlights to three minutes in the replays in Brawl was not the best move. Maybe you can um, cut and split your three minutes videos. It's like you can save a replay, but you can't upload it unless it's under three minutes, but you can, like, chop it up. That would be nice. That would have been way too functional. You can't do that. Hopefully with you know, Mario Kart TV, we see some similar function there. Yeah, um, this is more of, like, a personal thing like I used to do. Like, you know, back in the days of Melee and things like that, um, you would just, you know... One of the things I used to do was I used to just get four CPUs and put them on the highest level, let them go crazy, and me and my friends would sort of, like, take best as to sort of, like, who would win sort of thing. Is that is that the sort of thing, like, what they're doing with this, or...? Uh, kind no, of. Exactly, except for you're betting on real people. It's yeah. real people. It's, yeah, yeah that's... It's basically the same thing, just with real people, real odds. And they're doing uh, online, essentially. You're watching online uh, matches. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they also talk about challenges, which are essentially little mini achievements where you unlock little bonuses. This was kind of there in Brawl, where you got to see the unlock conditions of adjacent panels. Uh, we see character customization for Miis. And then we also see that Miis are going to be the characters that are in the multi-man smashes. Essentially, all things that, with all the leaks that have been happening, people had you know, shown these different screenshots of the game, and these essentially all matched up and confirmed what we already knew. So we didn't learn too much on the, uh, the front of the different 
Meverse updates this week. It would have been very slightly more interesting if it hadn't all been leaked. But it it's, still wouldn't have been very good. It's true, but I think we do like the leaks. Uh, essentially, we had people release video footage or leak video footage, and this was on Monday. So this was right after our last show, which we oh, record yeah. here on. We record these shows on Sunday, and we were talking about you know characters like you know there's Bowser Jr. and there's you know, all these different characters. We see finally the video that these screenshots of the leaks were taken from. Uh, why don't I get your guys' impression on, on these? It's not so much irrelevant, but watching things move a lot quicker than they do in Brawl puts me a little bit more at ease about the system. It looks actually a little faster than we saw at E3, mm-hmm. uh, from what I saw. And see, looking at Bowser Jr. in action, I don't mind the fact that he's in, especially as unique of an item he is in this yes. case. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bowser Jr., for those that have not seen the videos yet, uh, gosh, I was seeing people just say, like, oh, he's a Bowser clone. Well, he could not be further from a Bowser clone. Uh, he rides, like we said last time, he rides in the Koopa Copter, or whatever <laughs> whatever you want to call the official name of that. And so kind of think, like, MODOK in Ultimate he Marvel so vs. Capcom. He is so cute. Have, like, have you seen his recovery? Like, he, did no. you catch that? In yeah. The or he just explodes and flies out of the copter, and then a new one responds. It's the best recovery yet. It is a great recovery. <laughs> I mean, it it's mm-hmm. kind of, it seems kind of similar to uh, to Rosalina's, in a way, but not as funny or. Adorable. But Rosalina doesn't explode exactly. So the, yeah, the Koopa copter explodes. <laughs> and you do true. the up B. Bowser Jr. goes flying, and uh, yeah, and then it essentially like one responds right under him. Uh, we saw you know footage of Shulk before he ended up being revealed, and so gosh, you had people trying to break this down, thinking it would be oh, they've done a brawl hack because like they're playing on Yoshi's Island, and he has this in common with Ike, and maybe they just I actually had I saw someone show me the uh, the actual hack that it's from with video and be like, see, it's like I'm just gonna throw exactly. it out there. I hate Shulk's voice. I just don't like it. I don't, I've he's never British. experienced all this. I, I gather he's British, but I there there are even some British accents I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, because I hate everybody. I'm really feeling um, it. <laughs> <laughs> really feeling it. No, you're not. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be Ryan. That's true. Um, what a bunch of jokers. <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer that over um, what really. <laughs> Huh. Now it's Ryan time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk. Shulk uses the Monado, which is the the sword that lets him see into the future a bit. So kind of playing off of that as a sword user. Of course, he gets a counter as a down B. That had to happen. It has kill potential. It looked good. It does. It does have kill potential. But Darker Eye, his big thing is the Monado arts and how he can change the sword's functions essentially yeah it's kind of funny because that's nothing how it works in xenoblade but like the way that it works in xenoblade is impossible to translate into smash brothers Mm. so they did the best that they could the monado in 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 xenoblade has like two modes you have your regular mode where shulk uses his personal arts and then the second mode where it uses the monado arts and um the speed shield and buster mode are individual arts from Xenoblade, 
and then uh, Jump and Smash are made up. Right. And, uh, like, Buster in Xenoblade is just a single attack that does a ton of damage and does extra damage to the Mechon, which are the robot enemies. Shield um, protects against enemy talent arts, and speed increases your evasiveness significantly. Interesting. So this does translate to Smash in the way that Shulk has these five different abilities. So yeah, as you said, Jump, Speed, Shield, Buster, and Smash. Uh, Buster and Smash are a trade-off because one gets buffed and one gets nerfed. So different abilities, so it's a little bit of a trade-off. You can cycle between them with the B button. And it's nice that they have these kind of color codes between them. So it's not just, oh, I gotta realize what kanji means this, because there's these big kanji characters in the background. Uh... So Buster yeah. just you know gets stronger attacks, but a weaker launch, weaker smash ability, and then smashes a stronger launch ability, weaker attacks, and uh, interesting lower defense against launching. And then for jump speed and shield, it's this you know kind of rotating triangle between jumps, uh, movement, and defense, and one gets traded off for the other. So you can definitely see potential in you know kind of trading you know one off for another. I think it's kind of similar to when we were thinking about. Pikmin and Olimar back in the Brawl days. And we were thinking of, oh, mm-hmm. professional character, you know, players, it's... later down the line, they're going to be able to cycle through them and use the Pikmin to their advantage. Except this is a more clear-cut case, and this is going to be more readily you know, able to adjust on the fly than, I think, you know, the Pikmin in their order. Uh, he definitely is probably going to be a much higher-tiered character, I can see already, simply because he has all these different attributes. So each move will probably find its home in a certain attribute. It's like, okay, I want to use back air. Well, the best use of back air is in this mode mm-hmm. or in these modes. So it all really kind of goes down to uh, how we basically said for Olimar, how fast he plucks his Pikmin, how fast he changes forms, mm-hmm. and how much that matters in the mm-hmm. long run. And you've got to have your, your spacing just right as well. Well, you see mm-hmm. uh, in a leak video, you see him switching through forms like, instantly yeah like a matter of frames is how how long it takes to switch forms mm-hmm. what do you think about you know the loyalty of his move set from a xenoblade fan perspective we haven't seen so much of like how exactly his individual arts move over because you can actually see in the trailer he uses the backslash against bowser because a lot of his arts in xenoblade uh, do bonus damage or bonus effects based on where you are in position to the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a significant uh, part of the strategy of battle. And the trailer didn't really do much to show that. Mm-hmm. So, well, like, Apparently that you know, does carry he, over, he, though. I don't know. I, I didn't really see so much of it. I think I've read somewhere, and I'm trying to remember where, but I think I've, I've heard that you know, it does deal some more damage if it's you know, the back of a character. I mean, backslash is a side B, I believe. Yeah. So that would be interesting, though. If they do that, like, Shulk is already one of the most complicated characters, and if they manage to have, like, you know, backslash does more damage from behind, uh, air slash, like, has some sort of effect from the front uh, based, compared to the back, like, if they if they did all those things, not only would it make it very faithful to the game, but Shulk just gets more and more complicated that way. Mm-hmm. Now, also at the end, you have the big mm-hmm. shadow with the boss character, uh, and this is Metal, Metal Face? Face, right? I really hope he's an assist trophy and not a stage boss because so far I just don't like the stage bosses. I agree. What's with um, Shulk being in his underwear exactly in a pair of what seems to be some weird Crocs? 
Uh, that is actually an armor type in the game. What? Uh, this is an ar- uh, armor type that ever that all all seven party members can wear. Um, what the I mean the type that makes you look like you've got really feminine legs? Uh, he does look like he has feminine legs. Yeah, yeah he look, he's got some killer but, um, ankles. Oh yeah. But yeah, it's um like there are, uh, in Xenoblade, uh, every armor type actually changes your character's appearance. Uh, so like you have armor types that like are really bulky. You have some that are like you know, kind of like more like a hunter in D&D kind of thing. And then you have the oil type, which is just, what? you're wearing a swimsuit. Hmm. An oil type and, as in, uh, we're going to rub oil on your nearly naked body sort of thing, or? Yes. Oh boy. And, uh, like, there, there, are, there are different types of, of, of the armors, of course, and as, as you progress through the game, you find new, stronger types of those armors. So you get more stronger and stronger oils as well as other armors as the game goes on. Oh god! Um, and uh, all seven party members can wear the oils. Oh god! So what? With each stronger oil, does it mean he just looks like he has a bigger bulge or something? No. Uh, there, <laughs> besides color, there's no difference be- between what uh, the same armor type looks like. <laughs> oh my god! I need to accessorize my shirts, guys. <laughs> or like that's oh yeah. Like progressively less clothes, like near the end of the game, he'll lose the shoes, and at the very end of the game, he's just wearing a man thong, <laughs> mankini. <laughs> no, but it's one of his uh, alternate costumes in the game. So I wonder if Sakurai had to make any statements on what was the sex a male of. Developer I was really saying, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was the sex of the designer who came up with that idea? Hmm, there's one for the ladies. I want everyone needs to have a swimsuit armor. I agree. <laughs> Like, I saw a post on Reddit, like, uh, like different examples of people having uh, what has been nicknamed the Zero Suit Armor. Yeah. Oh, boy. And I'll yeah. start with Zero Suit like, Samus in that, you know, uh, shorts outfit. Deadass. Uh, people, uh, people are calling for the uh, wrestler, the sumo wrestler link from Twilight Princess now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh no. I would like that, to be fair. I would be all over that. Sorry, There's I just had a bit of a moment. Still news. have the weird <laughs> Give me Lincoln that, that metal that face. Yeah, <laughs> metal face though. At the end of the trailer, as much as I hate it, he's probably going to be a stage boss, and mm-hmm. he's fucking huge. Yeah, and so- and Sakurai is probably going to spoil the shit out of him in a in a uh, trophy. Probably. So thanks, Sakurai. <laughs> uh, I I can't believe that there were some people on the internet. And not in jest, saying that, is it Ridley? <laughs> because <laughs> Americans can't get over this fixation of Ridley. Uh, don't get me wrong, would love to see him in the game as a playable character. Not going to get my hopes up. Got burned too badly from Brawl. But, like, Ridley never talks. Ridley wouldn't call mm-hmm. him Monado Boy. I mean, I is get... Ridley, like, huge? Well, Ridley is big, of- not, not Metal Face big. Some of the confusion was probably like during the direct. The, tra- the trailer was in Japanese, and Metal Face's Japanese voice is like this this deep, booming villain voice. <laughs> Not so, so much which, in English. No. Well, when you actually when you actually play the game and get to the spoiler that Sakurai's going to spoil the shit out of, uh, his English voice is actually makes more sense. Mm. But his Japanese voice is definitely more of an appropriate villain voice. I think if I heard correctly, like his Japanese voice is the same as. Sell in Japanese in Dragon Ball Z, so uh, I don't know Japanese for sure, but that rings a bell. It has in 
era of cool about it, I guess. Japanese uh, voice actors just have the best voices anyway, in my opinion. More often than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, you listen to Ricky and tell me that again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll combine you on that. Well, anyway, it's really cool to see Shulk. Uh, of course, the same exact render as the leak, so more or less confirms that. So now as we're two weeks out, less than two weeks out even, of a Japanese Smash Brothers 3DS release, we're kind of sitting here and we don't know for sure what these remaining characters are, if there are remaining characters. Pretty much confirmed. Yeah, pretty much confirmed, uh, of course, for the leak that we saw. The question is how many, though. Exactly. So the leakers were saying that there are more characters. Uh, kind of mixed messages on how many those would be. We saw screenshots of an all-star mode with a lock on it, which would mean mm. not all the characters are unlocked. Uh, but everyone is trying to get on this bandwagon, as many leakers can. Uh, there's even in a media event at PAX in Seattle, Washington right now. And you had media go there to likely try one of the final versions of the game, but their embargo is set for the Japanese launch. So the media that are there probably can develop their impressions, and once the Japanese game comes out, they can say, hey, here's a preview for this Smash game next month, but they can't talk about it now. Uh, Nintendo's really trying to lock down on those leaks. And we have to mention, of course, the title of the video in uh, the English version is called Looks Like We Don't Have a Choice. Now, Which, to be fair, yep. is a quote out of Xenoblade. That's what I was going to say. I was going to confirm that is a quote out of Xenoblade. You know, probably like when he's fighting a tougher enemy or something like that. Yeah, but it's it's by no means the most memorable quote from Xenoblade. So it Makes you wonder if there's a, a bit of a double meaning there. Hmm. Well, we had a leak. Looks like we don't have a choice. Uh, it's not even a wonder. It's a definite. Yeah. Uh, once, you know, these videos leaked out with, uh, Bowser Jr. with his little copter, and then Shulk was in there, they actually had a slip-up with, uh, Ganondorf showing up in a trailer. Uh, they recently did, you know, a few Japanese trailers, and just the one cutaway shot where, like, an off-screen Ganondorf blips for less than a second. It's really bizarre. I miss that. Does anyone proofread these trailers? Because the exact same thing happened with Brawl. Yeah, they had with, what, the stickers? And uh, yeah. Jigglypuff, Lucario, and Ness, something like that. Mm-hmm. You think they'd be better? Like, but what? Why do you sit down and be like, even, even, like, even how did this ERSRB leak happen? Like, who sat down and like mm-hmm. and said, okay, so this video is going out towards people that ha- don't know the roster. That's why I am recording this video. Let's yeah. throw in fucking Duck Hunt Dog. Let's yeah. make sure that w- let's let's actually have a video with Bowser Jr. and Shulk. Like, they're not just, they don't just happen to be unlocked. Let's actually use them in footage that we're sending out of, out of the company. Not as, annoy- yeah. not as annoying, though, as the people who were finding the, you know, the screenshot leaks and people that were seeing, like, you know, the different upskirt shots and all this. And be like, man, whoever did this is a bit of a perv. <laughs> I'm like, it's for the ESRB. It's for the ratings board in North American regions. They have to show how yeah. They have to show how extreme the content can be. So I don't know. So much of this feels so reminiscent about the brawl days, whether it was you know the leak coming out last week, and that's why we're we're doing this show this week because all this news we couldn't pass up for another week. Like just couldn't wait. 
but it, it just feels like the brawl, all the people in denial and eventually accepting the truth. We know those brawl days, man. It, it feels the same. To be the fair, I was one of those good little kids that would look up the uh, look up the trophies to see if they had underwear, like Link. <laughs> I was one of those people when I was a kid. Who didn't? Uh, Link had no under. No, he had just had nothing under there. I was like, how do you function? Where do you pee? Link had tights, so. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest news I think to come out of this week, though, and it's our, our next headline here, is the new 3DS. And I'm not just saying, oh, it's a 3DS and it happens to be new. No, it's it's called New Nintendo 3DS. And New Nintendo 3DS LL, because that's where it was announced. It was announced in Japan, and over there, that is what the XL is called. Now, see, on Friday, there was a Nintendo Direct for Japan. Uh, we were looking at it. You know, Sakurai had retweeted it, so we're like, okay, Smash News, fine. They lead with the Shulk trailer. Great start. Different trailers, like Bravely Second got a trailer... Uh, we had One Piece, you had uh, Final Fantasy Explorers, which seemed pretty cool. But then you get this new Nintendo 3DS. And uh, Miles, Miles, I'm curious what you think of... Essentially what it is, is not a, a new generation-defining system, but more akin to the Game Boy Color, more akin to the DSi, kind of a... A mid-generation upgrade, if you will. I kind of think of it more like the Game Boy Advance SP. Sure, sure, I'd see that. How much it upgrades something. Um, honestly, I'm really looking forward to see that it's. it says it's more powerful, but really what we're looking for is, okay, so there's games we want to bring to Nintendo 3DS that kind of require this pro. We kind of want to bring this into one system. Yeah. This is what we've been kind of looking for for a while, is this second stick mm. and this new... Super Nintendo 3DS Brothers thing. Um, because that's like Nintendo's naming conventions for some reason. Yeah. But the new Nintendo 3DS is basically what we were expecting for a while. It wasn't particularly shocking to me. I, it, what's more shocking is how long it's going to take to show up here. Um, yeah, I agree. But in essence, I'm... I'm okay with this. Um, I'm going to wait until it comes out with an XL version over here that is somewhat better, like, you know, a limited edition version like the Nintendo 3DS that I have currently. I don't want a basic color. Sure. I don't know how long it's going to take, but yeah. Now, Darkrai, you weren't surprised by this, uh, but you were surprised how it was implemented. It's kind of a weird and risky move because... We've never had a system do like the, like this isn't this isn't a brand new generation of systems, but this isn't just like a new model. This is somewhere in between the two, and no one's really ever done that before. Mm-hmm. It's a very risky move, and I can't say I know either way how well it's going to go. Yeah, um, it's it's just there's no real frame of reference for it, and I guess that's that's part of just how Nintendo operates because that's their entire business model is to just try things and I, I could easily see this going both really well and really wrong mm-hmm. so to kind of run down what makes this system different uh, and Rachel I'll get to you because you have an interesting perspective on the whole 3DS front mm-hmm. but essentially what's new is the biggest addition I'd say is the addition of the C-Stick uh, bringing back the nomenclature from the GameCube days 
It is the second analog stick, kind of a mini nub in a way. It's so small. It is so small. It's smaller than what was on the PSP. and that's it's so tiny. And that's saying something. It's smaller than what was on the PSP. Is it, is it like even as big as the face buttons? I'm like looking at it now. I can't really tell. It's a little smaller than the face buttons, and that's crazy. But it's going to be used for games that have... You know, you need camera control. So Monster Hunter 4G is going to be coming out in Japan soon. You have the Final Fantasy Explorers games. Finally, you know, Dragon Quest X, which they've been talking about for a couple years now at least. You need that right analog stick to control the camera. And there hasn't been necessary confirmation yet on if the, the uh, controller pro, the classic controller pro or whatever, the one that connects to the 3DS and adds the second analog stick and the two more trigger buttons... Not necessarily confirmed if that will work just as well for Smash. If you have an older 3DS version and you want that C-Stick-like thing for Smash attacks, uh, not necessarily confirmed if that will work yet. I would imagine it would, though, because Smash is going to have support for that kind of control with the new 3DS, because this is coming out in October in Japan. It also adds the ZL and ZR buttons, so you get more just more buttons in general. It's trying to compress... This extra control scheme down into a system. As you mentioned, it does add the greater CPU power as well. Uh, it has adjustment of brightness in the screen. It uses head tracking to provide better 3D. So the sweet spot for the 3D effect is wider. So you can look at an angle on the screen and still get the 3D effect. That's a really interesting improvement uh, if you still use the 3D. The amiibos will be built into the touchscreen, so you have the near field control or near field communication functionality built in. They're still probably going to make the extra little, you know, pad for Bluetooth for the older 3DS systems, because you're just going to, if you get the new one, you're just going to be able to place it on the touchscreen. Uses micro SD card, uh, so it seems like a really interesting system. The problem is for the West, it's likely coming in 2015. I just I just realized I say uh, I said like just a couple minutes ago you know this kind of in between thing has never been done before but Nintendo did it themselves with the Game Boy Color. That's a good point. Have you guys made more notice of the SNES button layout as opposed to what it is currently, and how it's so much better to see that? It is really nice um, to see that. Not, yeah, it's not on the XL, so I don't care. That's true, and I I'm I, not I, buying an original size. It's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Once you play the XL, you don't want any other version of 3DS. Let's be honest; it's it's that much better. There's but a joke in here somewhere. With, like the original version, <laughs> simply because like the top image is usually sharper. In a way, but I don't think I've ever had an issue playing the XL where I'm like, mm, too blurry for me. So too I'm blurry not, for me. <laughs> too too spooky. <laughs> too spooky for you. I, I'm not going to mention that song. Don't. <laughs> no. Nope. So, but you know, it, is, it really is really nice to see the, the Super Nintendo uh, colors buttons. As you say, uh, looks nice on the white screen. And they also have the clamshell uh, sort of uh, facing that you can swap out in Japan, apparently. But that's also only for the 3DS, if I recall correctly. Not the XL, where you can... Swap out the front and the back, and they give all these customizable, you know, facings. That looks really cool, but I wish it was on the XL. Yeah, XL's where it's at. What's up, Nintendo? What's up? 
Probably because most of the things that they've sold, maybe they've sold more normal 3DSs than Excels. That might be a thing. So they'll probably be making Japan, more money from doing maybe. it that way. Maybe. But, but Rachel, you have an interesting perspective since you are going to be a new 3DS owner, period. Yes. Um, up until very recently, the only DS I've actually owned is one of the old brick antique DSs. Not even any of the upgrades, the original. DS fat. So I've been playing on that a lot, and when it came to all of the discussions about the new 3DS on Friday, you know, the new 3DS, the new 3DS XL or LL, depending on where you want to live, um, I thought, okay, I'll cave in and I'll actually get myself a 3DS XL. Um, so I'm a little bit behind <laughs> on the technology front. Um, Luckily enough, I can, you know, I'm, I'm not rich. I'm anything but rich, so that's my problem with buying these new consoles and stuff. I can't afford anything flat outright, so I have to pay for things like per month. Hmm. Um, so there was an option for that. So I'm finally going to get on the bandwagon on Tuesday, and, you know, it just happened to be at the same time where the new ones were being um, were, were being announced. So as soon as I tweeted, hey, I'm actually going to have one, let's all swap throne codes, they're like... Do no new things been announced, right? I'm like, yeah, I can't afford it. Deal with it. <laughs> well, that'll be exciting for you. You get to play all the new, all the different 3DS games that have come out. There's a lot of good stuff to play. Yes, I get to play the Pokemon X. I want to play Link Between Worlds. And I still want to play the remade version of Ocarina of Time, even though that's totally bullshit because I still play the old one. And there's so many other things I want to do. And you'll get Sorry. to play Smash. Yes, Smash as well when it comes out. I, I was very sad that of the price tag on the Super Smash Bros., <laughs> Um, DS, the special limited edition right, box. Right. It's so pretty. Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting things, too. But it's I... upside down. <laughs> but it's so pretty. The interesting thing, I think, with that is, uh, you know, Europe has been really advertising that they're getting that special 3DS XL, but it's now the older kind. Japan, in that Nintendo Direct, said, oh, yeah, you're getting a, a special Smash Brothers 3DS. It's going to be the new 3DS XL that you get the Smash Brothers design on. No, we get the old one. That's really strange that they're differentiating that yeah, between the two markets. They gotta wait three weeks to get Smash Brothers then. Joke's on them. Yeah. Speaking of jokers... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that segue, no, though. Uh, what makes this really interesting, though, oh, is no. it's not just you know the backwards compatibility that it has with all the 3DS games and all the DS games, but there will be games that will only play on the new 3DS. Because of the increased RAM and CPU. Yeah, yeah. So it makes more things possible. Uh, it's going to help you know, run things like Final Fantasy Chronicles, like yep. Dragon Quest X, better for sure. Uh, Will we finally get functional 3D in Pokemon? Maybe that doesn't you know cut the frame rate. There's even people thinking that you know this is an older Smash Brothers rumor oh. that there was a job listing for Smash Brothers Six out there in the industry uh, you know several several months ago. Making people think like, oh, are they going to do like a DLC update for Wii U? And then it's going to come out with, you know, a special edition of Smash 3DS that'll only work on Smash 3DS. And maybe Ice Climbers will be in this one because then it can support playing the Ice Climbers. So Fuck the Ice Climbers. Oh, shots fired. Fuck the Ice Climbers. Shots fired. No. Sorry, not my favorite. Oh. If it's your favorite, that's fine. I'm fine with you liking the Ice Climbers. I hate the little bastards. It's, but she's not wrong. Ice climbers are only interesting when you desync them, which is something you're not supposed to be able to do. Mm. And the way that they're intended to be played, they're kind of terrible. Yeah. Yes. But they're supposedly cut in this version, so it's making people think like, well, if you get a better 3DS, 
then maybe multiple characters can be playable. Point is, they announced Xenoblade Chronicles on 3DS, but only on the new 3DS. Now, you were mentioning earlier, Darkrai, that you're during the show, that it's a game that you need to have a portable version. Sitting down for so long on a console is very difficult. Xenoblade Chronicles for new 3DS... Oh, it's 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 really important to me because first of all, I'm I'm one of like the three people in the world that actually really likes 3D on the 3DS. So first of all, just seeing like the huge huge uh, environments in that game in 3D is really exciting in itself. But JRPGs are really really difficult on console. I'm going to be talking about Tales of Zillia later. For me to play both Tales of Zillia and Tales of Zillia 2, I played them literally nonstop for two weeks. Yeah. Like, I got home from work, sat down, ignored my friends, and played Tales of Zillia. Gaming! <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it is tough. See, what I do about Tales games is I usually just have my friends sit down and pick up controllers next to me. Yeah, but my friends don't like Tales games because they're bad people. That is actually the correct friends. reason. That That's actually the correct reason. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, very interesting that they're going to come out with games. I, I mean, I know I'm going to buy one. When it comes out over here, like I'm, I'm sold, and I was, I was just, I was floored to see this. I mean, you could have, you could say that, yeah, okay, maybe that they could announce this. You could have seen that coming, perhaps. I didn't see it coming on a random Japanese direct that didn't have an American and European version to go along with it at you know 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern time. I was, I was blown away. I just thought it was gonna be 3DS games for Japan and you know, weird quirky games. I wish I could afford one, sad face. Well, the 3DS XL itself was announced in a random direct. Nintendo seems to like just using random directs to show that they dictate when their stuff comes out, not, you know... Except when it's a... Impacts or whatever. Except when it's a generation-defining system. You gotta bring that to E3 for sure. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think they're trying to make a concentrated effort to make E3 less important. Yeah. Yeah, but I think they'd like to break their bigger news at a, ga- at a game show like that, whether it's that or it's Gamescom or Tokyo Game Show, which Tokyo Game Show coming up in a couple weeks. That'll be something, hopefully. Mm. Persona? we gotta, we got to see some Persona 5. I actually need to actually play some Persona. That might be a yes, good idea. Yes, do. Oops. I've never even played, considered playing Persona. I Impulse boss per- bought Persona in three different versions within the past month. <laughs> that kind of sounds like what I'd do. <laughs> yeah, I got I got uh, the PSN version of Persona Three. Yep, and then I got Persona Four Golden, yep. and then literally the entire reason I bought Persona Three Portable after deciding that I wasn't really interested in it was because I wanted to play a female protagonist to name the to name her Usagi Tsukino. <laughs> that was literally my entire thought process. Then you got to also oh, okay. buy Persona Four to complete the collection on the PSN, the PS2 Classic. You got to buy that. Oh, I, is it is it on PSN Classic? Yeah. Too bad it sucks. Well, you gotta still round out your collection. Be a, be a real Persona fan. Sorry, Golden's oh. Golden like fixes that game. Golden is so so so, so good. Ugh. I'll just be here while you guys are nerdgasming, and uh, you know, I'm not cleaning up the mess afterwards. Persona. No, I'm I'm with you on that one, Rachel. Yeah, but you're cleaning up the mess. Hey. <laughs> Let's talk Twitch, everybody. Uh, Twitch got purchased. I'm not cleaning up that mess either. It, it's, it's getting twitchy up in here. <laughs> to be fair, it's less of a mess of what would happen if Google had bought Twitch. 
This is true. And it's a, it's important to it's an important distinction because people people are thinking that like Google did buy Twitch and then sold it to Amazon immediately, no. but people like aren't understanding that it was it was never more than a rumor that Google bought Twitch. And yeah. at this point, they they definitely almost did, but they never actually purchased Twitch. No, the way that it happened was that they'd agreed on a buying price for Twitch. So Google said, "Okay, we'll buy you out for this much," but they couldn't actually agree on a fee if basically it fell apart so basically you know they'd make some money possibly from google but if it it fell through they wouldn't be able to pay the fee to google because it didn't go through properly so that's why google never acquired twitch but um amazon seems to have gone about it a different route and it seems a lot better to me but you know you carry on first i'll talk about my bit in a bit okay um i i think it's Google, to try to take over a lot of the internet, I think you have some reservations about something like that, especially mm-hmm. with all of the content ID stuff they're trying. Like, I know Twitch, we've, we've talked on past shows about how they're trying to do the content ID for the audio and how there are some flaws with that. I think that could have taken another ugly step if YouTube got involved with the video content ID. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that that did not happen. It seems positive with what Amazon has done to, not only mentions it, buy in cash $970 million uh, U.S. dollars <laughs> for Twitch. Uh, yeah. that, is, that is a lot. So, you know, it's cheaper than euros, I guess. Mm, very not, much so. I think, it's a, I think it's a good move, um, being a Twitch streamer myself, in all fairness, just because... Twitch.tv slash SMYN underscore EV. Yeah, that one. Um, thanks for promotion. I'm not paying you. Um, <laughs> Plug is what we do. Yay! <laughs> no, um, the I, I like this bit better than the whole Google thing because you know Amazon um, could help support people who are partnered with Twitch a lot better. You know, there's the whole like people will say support me by buying games down you know digital downloads from a shop that they might have or that's on their name. Whereas Amazon already has access to a lot of things like that. Um, so, you know, when you're watching someone playing a specific game, they could maybe have a link somewhere that says, support this person by buying this game through Amazon. You know, that could work out pretty well. That's Whereas, possible. you know, That's there's not... Or actually, at the very like, least, they'll have links to Amazon store where to buy the mm-hmm. game, and they'll like exactly. that. Exactly. You know, it's not going to be full of fucking Google ads saying, oh, hey, you looked at, I don't know, I'll, I'll do it from a lady's perspective, even though, you know, it's probably not going to be, it's probably going to go over everyone's fucking heads. You looked at this pair of shoes about five days ago, and you haven't looked at anything like that since. How about buying these shoes, even though they have nothing to do with the fucking thing you're watching right now? Thanks, to, Google. To That's be great. fair, Amazon could do that, too. They could, but I would have a feeling that with... Being with Twitch like this, they'd probably be a little bit smarter about it, and they would probably go around the video gaming route. You know, I'm considering really happy that with everything Amazon does, so yeah, and I mean, then buying Twitch brings no sour feelings with it. Yeah, no, no, it doesn't. I mean, you know, when when you're playing a game on Twitch, you know, you have the option to pick which game you're actually playing. You know, so you could put down, "I'm playing Super Smash Bros. Brawl," mm. and then you know they could say, you know. Buy this, buy this Super Smash Bros. Brawl on Amazon and blah blah. Help support people, that sort of thing. That's what I mean. Yeah, um, right. They could they could target it a bit more specifically. Amazon's more into the gaming side than Google, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, they have a they bought Double Helix Studio actually a little while back. They are the ones who did the Killer Instinct reboot. 
They're oh, trying yes. to do their, you know, Fire TV sort of little device. So they're trying to bring games to that. So I, I think it is a beneficial thing. Amazon is trying to look more into games. And according to you know, the letter that the CEO, Emmett Shear, for Twitch, uh, what he wrote, it seems to be a mutually beneficial thing. You know, not really going to just disrupt what Twitch is about, whatever you know, that's, that means in you know, their corporate speak, mm-hmm. but just providing more resources to help them grow. And I think that's not necessarily what may have happened. I think Google would have tried to put a little more influence on Twitch. And I know there are different services like Hitbox and whatnot trying to pop up. But a service like Twitch growing like this is a good thing, and it might be one of the biggest, you know, de- uh, generation-defining things in games is with streaming games. Mm, definitely. I mean, if you remember back in the days of live stream, I mean, I remember when that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we, then... we did stickham. We were OG. <laughs> I remember first yeah. actually seeing you guys on live stream when That's I right. first joined the community, yeah. Um, and now if you, you know, you can't even go back to that place anymore. It just doesn't make sense if you've already played on stuff like Twitch. Especially when they have live stream and new live stream. Uh, what? Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. That's right. a thing. Are they still calling they still it new live stream? stream? I think so. Yeah. You may as well call it. We're trying too hard it, to get it, your attention. It shows you how fractured that service has become. I know. Twitch is just like, I mean, Twitch took over from, what was it, Justin TV, yes, I think? Yes, yes. And now Justin TV are closed down, um, which happened a little while ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Twitch is really defining the whole video gaming streaming genre Yeah, to me. Absolutely. Yeah, I think live stream is a little better for you know non-video game things. I think that's where they kind of had their niche. Uh, but video game is going to be more popular. Like that's where you have League of Legends and all these other games that are worldwide hits, and you're getting the views there. What's the fuck League of Legends? I agree with you, but you know, yes, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> Amazon's certainly trying to dip their toes in a lot of pools. I, I, I don't really have any particular thoughts on this story. It's, you know, everything that Twitch did, uh, like, about a month ago now with their content ID stuff was done on their own. Uh, we know that now. It's not because Google purchased them and they wanted to do such and such and whatever. Right. So it remains to be seen whether this actually changes anything right. for us at all. I'm That's, sure they made the move you know, to make it seem more appealing for a buyer. I actually uh, read a post uh, as it was all happening that was like, you know, this doesn't look, you know, this, this just happened so suddenly and it, it ha- it's clearly all unfinished. This doesn't look like someone that was just purchased by a huge company like Google. This looks like someone who wasn't purchased by Google and is now trying to scramble to look more appealing. In our Hilarity of the Week segment, where we talk about stories that make us laugh or just fail stories in general, I, it's this is an odd story and i guess we could put it here because i think it's deserving of a a headline at least we could probably spend an entire show on it if we wanted to uh different game journalists have written different articles over the past week or so talking about is the phrase gamer to identify those who play video games is that phrase dying should it not be used anymore is it out of style and i think it mostly kind of just connects with the douchebaggery, if you will, uh, that, you know, quote-unquote gamers nowadays like to do. You see different things like swatting or... Oh, God. All of these just horrendous activities. Just the, the culture in general. And so 
you know, there are a couple different articles that are floating around out there. Uh, one's on Gama Sutra, which is a great website for game industry. Uh, you know, this was written by Lee Alexander, and she says, you know, gamers don't have to be your audience. Gamers are over. Uh, and just talking about what most people think of when they hear gamers, and the they argue that more often than not, they're thinking of the the people in the basement who not sociopath level, but just don't have the social skills and they interact poorly with others. And you're seeing this a lot, especially when it comes to the Anita Sarkeesian, the feminist frequency. Uh, you're seeing crazy, you know, outlash happening with Zoe Quinn and the ridiculous things that are happening with there. You have people trying to use phrases like social justice warriors and talking about, you know, game journalists who believe with a feminist perspective and they think that's a bad thing. So they want to target. It's it's crazy how you could even argue a vocal minority has gotten. I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. If, you know, should the term gamer be abandoned or is it a, a sense of a bigger issue or something else should be changed? I think something else should be changed. The stupid people can get fucking shot. Jesus, people are just so goddamn generalistic. Like, mm. we live in a very stupid time, in my opinion. Oh, God, no. You play video games, oh, you must be, you know, going on 40, a virgin, living in your mother's basement, not doing this, can't socialize with people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck are you on about? Mm. <laughs> are you serious? been playing games since I was about, what, eight, I think? Eight, eight years old, so it's been, you know, nearly 20 years. Nearly 20 years of gaming. Most people wouldn't even think that I would game just because they find it a generalistic term now to think that someone is just a complete social outcast. I think it's a really, really bad label, actually. You think it's a bad label, so then do you think it's the name that should be changed or more got to improve <laughs> the culture? No, I think... Well, actually, no, actually. I probably worded that a bit wrong. I think the, la the label of gamer is fine. The understanding of gamer to mm -hmm. a general audience is piss poor. That's probably true. So, in other words, the way it's related in media rather than yeah. the actual word in and of itself. Exactly. It's just sort of like, you know, oh, the, these people are playing violent video games, so they're going to go shoot up a school or something. It's like, no, they're just mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or something. A big, a big problem would just be the, the whole connotation that we're having and the fact that to fight that for so many years... Uh, they tried doing this kind of, I don't know, jabroni, you know, hardcore sports edge to gaming and gamers. And we've got the Call of Duty people coming out of the woodwork with their pretty much just kind of like, hey, bro, how you doing? Gaming bros. Mm -hmm. Bro it up. <laughs> I Pause think, the game. <laughs> bro hoof. <laughs> I think this whole discussion is uh, an exercise in arbitration, pretty much, because... It it doesn't matter, like it doesn't matter what the word we use is. People don't care if you say that you're a gamer. People care that you say that you play video games. the The word gamer, which as if unless I'm misunderstanding this, is the entire crux of this argument, just doesn't really matter. Whenever I talk about video games, just random with just random people, that's when they stop being interested. It's not about what I call myself. It is an interesting thought, and I think I agree with you all saying that it, the term isn't what matters. It's unfortunate that you have the minority of people who are making the bigger name for themselves and getting that notoriety 
uh, like I mentioned earlier, the, the swatting we've talked about on Show Me News, it's unbelievably stupid. If you don't know what swatting is, essentially you have, if I may steal a British term, twats. 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 Yeah, it's a harsh array, twat. Okay. Then, <laughs> then twats who are playing a game like Call of Duty or you know some sort of you know first-person shooter, violent sort of game, they get butthurt and bitter that they lose. They get personal information and they essentially call 911 and SWAT teams on these gamers for no reason. Sorry. They actually had the first person uh, actually be sentenced uh, very recently. I saw that. Yep. I saw that. Got 25 years to life for domestic serves, terrorism. Serves him right. I saw us comments that were like, what? That's too much. You're not thinking of what that actually is. Like, what he did. I don't care if he's 15 or whatever is by that point you should know better that that's a dumb a thing to do. recently um, yeah someone was recording on twitch at the time i think um when they got swatted recently and it was actually on a i can't remember where i read it it was on the news um about how he was recording at the time had a funny feeling that he had been swatted so he sort of left the camera running and lo and behold these people burst into his home and stuff and started going through like his phone and stuff before they started turning off his like camera mm. So, you know, that was actually seen by people live. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I serve some right for those those kind of punishments. I hope he gets the thick of it. Because it gives the gaming culture a bad rap. It gives them a bad name. And we can't move forward as an industry and as a group of people if, you know, we get better about things like these. Yeah, a lot of it is people who need to be more socially aware and to stop doing things like that. But if you change the term, those people are still going to exist. You have to change the culture first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's also, it's, it's a, such a deep topic that yeah, we could spend more time with it, but kind of make yourself aware of what's going on right now, because between all this and with how the industry is starting to see gamers and the way that they're trying to capitalize with, all the pre-order bonuses and what they're going to try to do to try to lock down your money and the content that they're locking off to pre-orders because they just see us as you know nameless faces that they're starting to kind of throw away the customer interaction. Like it's there's a lot of good going on in the gaming industry with people who are raising money and people who are helping others, but there's a, a, a dark, seedy undercurrent kind of going on right now. It's becoming a very angsty podcast. <laughs> Not really a podcast. It's becoming kind of an angsty industry. <laughs> and it's it's almost an internet culture in a way. If you think about it, and this is this sorry, this is going a little meta beyond video games and all. The way <laughs> people interact online when they disagree with someone is outbursts of anger. It's you know random just you know, trying to pick a fight, name calling, no rational discussion at all, and it, it's it's this culture online that a lot of gamers are online or you know have connections on the internet that there's no sense of disagreement and debate and it's it's just all argument and I think dark you had some some tweets about all this subject and I I really found them very interesting. I don't know if you I had a lot of tweets about a lot of things recently. <laughs> But, you know, this kind of topic in particular, to wrap up the kind of t- uh, topic, I mean, I don't know, did you want to recap some of those? Like, just like what your thoughts on the topic are. It's it's an issue right now where people are more interested in fulfilling their, like, 
sense of justice than they are at actually making any real progress. Mm. Um, like, you know, if you just, if you just yell and scream at whoever you think is wrong, that can make you feel better. Maybe, uh, if you just shut out everyone that disagrees and just, um, ask everyone else to do the same, then, Oh, sure. You're, you're making yourself, uh, happier or whatever. But if you actually want to make any real progress, then you need to make an active effort to, like, get everyone on the same level, treat everyone involved, you know, like an intelligent adult, and just, you can't have the mindset that you just ignore everyone that doesn't agree and let it work itself out over time. You need to make, you need to really, like, be ready to explain to people reasonably what's going wrong, explain why it's wrong, and explain what can be done better. And there's there's too many people whose uh, instant reaction is to just get angry and uh, just condemn people. Yeah, and you know we we see a lot of it happening lately, and it's you know it, it's it's really not the way that things need to be done. And people are way quicker to just resort to just uh, hostilities and insults and condemnation, and that's not the way to go about things. Essentially. If you disagree with what someone has done in their personal life, and if it happened to have you know slipped into gaming journalism, like who gives a shit? If you don't agree with someone's point of view on something, it gives you no goddamn right to be a petulant child, a sociopath in a way, to publicly disclose their social security number and other confidential information to anyone who wants access to it, to make them leave their home in fear of the, you know, threats against them. It's insanity. If you think you're, you're doing the right thing by posting someone's social security number online, it doesn't matter what context it is. You are never doing the right thing. Mm -mm. Pretty much. I don't know how we translate from that heavy topic to Pokemon fighting. (laughs) But well, we're gonna we're do angry. it. It's 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 angry times now, okay. and I'm an Eevee, so let's transfer angry and Pokemon together into Pokemon. No, I can't do it. There it is. Yay! Apparently, apparently, I'm the only apparently I'm the only person in the world who is stupid enough not to make the connection between Pokemon and Tekken. Pretty sure really? we we talked about that last episode on Channel yep. News. <laughs> By the way, Miles, congratulations! You predicted that the. Shocking, stunning Pokemon announcement was Pokemon Fighters. It ends up being called Pokemon Tournament. Yep. You and everyone else. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Not me. I, I thought we were going to be really disappointed by it. It would be like a dumb like Mewtwo as a shock attack. Uh, but we I thought tr- it was very, very simple. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I guess it would be you know, the time that the announcement would come out. Lucario versus Machamp in this trailer. Uh, Tekken Engine. Coming to arcades in Japan in 2015. I want them to bring Which it means out. Six months later, it'll be in consoles. <laughs> yes, I want it consoles. I want it over here. I'm not a very big um, like Tekken fighter or Street Fighter sort of person because why would I want to play a game that makes me feel like I'm studying for an exam with all the different moves you can do? But it has Pokemon in it, so I'm willing to give it a shot if it comes out over here and not a console. Yeah, I'm. I'm generally not a fan of more traditional fighting games, so. Tekken doesn't interest me at all. Throwing a Pokemon skin on it with 
like Lucario, who I consider to be one of the worst Pokemon, as the headliner. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't. It's. It's definitely a big thing. It's. It's a good move. It's gonna get. It's gonna make them a lot of money. I couldn't care less at this point. Yeah. It will come to Wii U in time. I saw people on Twitter asking Harada-san, who's the uh, the man behind the later Tekken games, and he's working with Namco on this in a collaboration with Nintendo, asking him, like, uh, can you bring this to PS4? <laughs> he said, you'll have to talk to Nintendo on that one. <laughs> he's like, what, what, what do you think is going to happen with that? Um, yeah, this will come, come to Wii U in time, though. Someone in the replies to that was like, come on, Nintendo, exclusives just hurt the industry. You shouldn't be doing that. And <laughs> I just I just added in my head, now I'm going to go play Last of Us and Uncharted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or exclusives that are timed exclusives, because what does that word mean in this industry anymore? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the exciting thing about this game, though, is we thought for a while that it would just be, it would just be fighting types. And it would only be fighting types, and it's, it's only that not the case. Apparently, there is going to be flexibility for more types of Pokemon. So, Pikachu. Yeah, I think it's really silly that anyone ever thought it would exclusively be fighting types. Uh, kind of silly. Not. Not. The Pokemon could turn around and go, "That's racist." <laughs> <laughs> Typist. <laughs> Typist. Yes. <laughs> but it is good. Pikachu wears boxing gloves before. We're fine. There you go. <laughs> Pika, the rocket punch. <laughs> oh, Pokemon anime references. Not exciting to see that this game did finally get announced, though. Uh, it's been a long time coming. We had seen trademarks be confirmed, and we saw a couple years ago with the little video, little tease at the end at the Pokemon game show. So Years ago. It was, it was a couple of years, one to two years ago, I think. It was one year ago. It was that long. Okay. A year at the most. Then a year ago. So So there's that. So... Good to see that. Really the only uh, other story I think we need to talk about. It has only been one week since our last episode. Only so much happens in the game industry. Uh, but this was a big week. And we couldn't, you know, normally we do episodes every two weeks. And we just, we couldn't wait on this one. But let's talk about, first of all, the games that are out recently uh, from this past week. Because we're starting now in the big kind of part of the year with the holiday releases and you're out of the summer doldrums now. You're going to start getting game releases again. I know I've set up my pre-orders uh, you know, for the rest of the year, so that's exciting. Madden NFL 15 is out. A lot of people are saying it's one of the better versions. It's their second year on Xbox One and PS4. Uh, there's still improvements need, you know, that need to be made, but I think next year I'll probably get that game. Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 5, so that finale is out. They are making a Season 3 in time. That got confirmed at Comic-Con a couple weeks back. Uh, okay. But that finale wrapped up rather well. I'll be oh. talking about that. I heard after episode four, there, they, no one saw any good re- way to have it wrap up. Well, because it, it ended with a big cliffhanger, and they didn't give a preview for next time, so we just had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they, they wrapped things up pretty well. I'll get to talking about that, because I played this in the next couple games. Uh, Infamous First Light, which is the DLC to Second Son on PlayStation 4. You get to play as Fetch, the neon character. More importantly, you get to play as Laura Bailey. Exactly, and you took the words out of my mouth. Thank you, because Laura Bailey is the reason for that game you play it. Because she has a great performance. Travis Willingham, her husband, has a great performance. So do check that out if you loved 
infamous second son. And, and Troy Baker, of course, is uh, the best at their wedding. Exactly. So that's that, that whole game was a family operation. More or less. And then, it's been four years coming, about four years. Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is finally out in North America about... It's real. It's it real. Exists. And this I is wanted the- to poke fun at you because we got it team first, but I haven't even played it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Team Real. No, yeah, it came out about half a year later than it did in Europe. And we were thinking... Two years later compared to Japan. Exactly. <laughs> and Perfect. we were thinking, like, well, there's got to be a reason. Like, maybe they're doing more localization work. Nope, that game is as British as it gets. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm talking dropping pounds in there, uh, pronouncing how we would say S-C-H-E-D-U-L-E. Schedule? We say schedule, but they totally say schedule. We do not say schedule. Uh, the, the judge definitely drops scheduled on multiple occasions. Okay, sorry. Let me put that in a different way. Only people that are born with a silver spoon up their ass say scheduled. It is schedule. Okay. <laughs> Clarifying Sorry, a bit that. Of a rant there. <laughs> There's that British Oops. perspective right there. Um, but that game's out, and uh, it was a big deal because for us, when we had our first panel at Yomacon in Detroit, which is a anime and gaming convention in oh, early yeah. November, <laughs> that was the story. Like right, like that week before is one of the things we talked about in 2010. Early November of 2010, like, that was the news that they're making this crossover game nearly four years later. I was in high school. Wow. (laughs) I was in high school getting tweets sent over text messages to my phone because I didn't have a smartphone. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, times have changed. But let's let's talk about the games that we're playing. Uh, Miles, what have you been up to? Uh, I've just been up to Project M. I accidentally picked up Fire Emblem Awakening again, and that's been taking up a lot of my time. Oops. No, that's a great choice. Oopsie doodles. That's another game, Rachel, that you need to play on 3DS. Fire Emblem Awakening. Yeah, I never really, besides when I got into Brawl, I think they were Melee they were introduced. I can't remember. The only time I'd ever heard of um, Fire Emblem was through Smash Bros. That's it. In Melee with Arthur and Roy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Fire Emblem is the else. best Nintendo franchise, so perhaps you should uh, get on that. Yeah, I think all of us and other Sminges and other listeners, wherever you're listening from, would agree. Fire Emblem Awakening, one of the best, if not the best 3DS game. Mm-hmm. But our, I, I would say it's the worst to start with, because once you play on casual mode, you're never going to play another Fire Emblem game. Oh, that's, that's true. Yeah, and it, my lunatic classic run. Ugh. That, okay, you'll probably mad- play another Fire Emblem game. That's madness. No, it's, it's one of the best ones for beginners. I don't like strategy RPGs. I, I love that game. That's great. I shall give it a go if I can find it. That's everything. It's just been Project M, and I picked up Fire Emblem Awakening again. Uh, Darkrai, what have you been playing? Uh, well, Tales is like the big thing for me, uh, because it, it took up so much of my time. And uh, I do want to say, Tales of Zillia, while it was exceptionally short for a Tales game... And the the story felt a little rushed before that. Um, mechanically, it is the best Tales game that I've played uh, because it's just got a lot of great stuff going on, and you can switch between your party members in the middle of a battle. All mm. six party members are available at any point. Wow, that's cool. and it's it was so cool, and it's really just a great game. Great great voice acting. 
Uh, Matt Mercer is one of the main voice actors. Uh, you all know him as the voice of Crom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember him back from when he made There Will Be Brawl, so I really, I really love him. Yep. So, hmm. anytime Matt Mercer's in a game is great. Tales of Zillia 2, I kind of, I'm not sure if I want to sell that game because, wow, it's bad. Really? Uh, remember, remember that thing I just said about how all of your party members are available at once? Hmm. Uh, you can't even switch your party members in the field when you're not in battle. Once you wow. leave a city, once you leave a city, you have four party members, and you don't get to change them until you get back to another city. Ouch! Yo, that's super dumb for real. And now the that's entire st- the entire story is broken up into chapters, and as and in between chapters, you have to pay back a large portion of the of the eighteen million gold debt that you have. Why? I'm sorry, it was 20 million. My mistake. You have 18 million after the main story ends. It starts out like, okay, 1,000 gold. Uh, by the end of the game, you're paying 100,000 gold in between each chapter. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, you, so you're just grinding for money half the time. It's really, really bad. The story's pr- kind of lame, com- as, even compared to the first Zillia. Uh, the only, like, really interesting thing that they do is that the main character, who's a silent protagonist, by the way... Why? Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, he has three different weapon types that you can switch between at will during battle. So he has, a uh, he has dual swords, uh, a giant hammer, and, uh, dual pistols. It's not bad. Yeah, that was really cool. Uh, and it's really fun to switch between them in battle. But he's a silent protagonist... So that you can have uh, different dialogue choices throughout the game, I guess. Uh, but those different dialogue choices are fully voiced on New Game Plus. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's bad. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing these different Tales games in the middle of Abyss. I'm at the good part. Apparently, if you missed last week's episode, I'm at Xeria Youth, yeah. where it starts getting good. Yeah, and so I, then I have Vesperia. I want to play Azelia. I know there's Graces in there as well. But uh, good to know that not so much on Zillia 2. Yeah, I mean, Zillia 2 is not terrible. It's just so much worse. The story's interesting enough, but whatever. Other than that, I've just been playing through GTA 5 again. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I got Better than like, Watch Dogs in every way? Oh my god, Watch Dogs is terrible. <laughs> Oh my god. But someone apparently ported all of Watch Dogs into the GTA 4 engine. I did see that. That's that's pretty interesting. Very, very... That's been very difficult to do that. It really wasn't. (laughs) Uh, I know I want to play GTA 5 this year. It's one of my gaming resolutions, but with the move to next-gen console... Oh, yeah. Sorry, with the current-gen console now, I'm like, "Mm, I think I'm going to probably wait for that. I rented yeah. it on Xbox 360, and I didn't finish it before I sold my Xbox to buy my PS4. And now I'm just playing my friend's PS3 copy. I will actually properly buy the game for PS4, and I'm probably going to enjoy it a lot more there. Because graphically, I mean, I, I respect a lot that they focus more on the gameplay and the world building than the graphics. Mm-hmm. The PS3 version is noticeably inferior to the Xbox 360 version. Oh, interesting. But, I mean, that game, they really pushed it to the limit with oh, what yeah. they could do on that system. Absolutely. Rachel, what have you been playing? Starbound, 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 all of the Starbound. All of the Starbound. All the Starbound. Oh. I put down Binding of Isaac for the week. How bad is that? Mm. <laughs> no, you've been playing um, some of it. I've seen that on your Twitch channel. You've been playing some of it. 
I played a tiny little bit of it, like one hour's worth of Community Remix. But no. I mean, on stream, I've been playing some Bioshock Infinite because you kindly uh, gifted it to me a little while ago, Peter. (laughs) You didn't actually, you know, physically make me play that game at all? No. (laughs) No, no, because it was maybe a a year. That might have been your birthday present last year. (laughs) I think it may have been. (laughs) It took me a year to play Bioshock Uh. Infinite. (laughs) Uh, it's going to be interesting when you beat that game because Miles and I are on opposite sides of fence with that game. I so like it. You like it so far? I do. I think it's really nice. Like my main reason of not wanting to play a game like that for a while and putting it off and putting it off and putting it off is because whenever I try to get into a new game again, um, since I've been so used to playing indie games and you know they're quite easy compared to the usual first-person shooters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and I thought, oh, I'm probably going to find this like a really bad experience. I'm going to suck at it. I'm going to want to put it down. Um, and I surprisingly find it a hell of a lot of fun. It's very, very, very satisfying. I hate, I hate that's a really bad way to put it, actually. Satisfying to kill people in it. Hmm. <laughs> um, but the story is pretty good. And I think that Booker is fit. So that is always very helpful. Sure. Um... You know, Elizabeth's all right. She's not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> Book is definitely the. Wait the until the haircut. Thing. Wait until the haircut. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. She does. She does get a quite nice haircut, but no, she doesn't do it for me. Um, no, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm not too far in, but oh my god, is that game racist? That's the point. I know. I knew it was like back in the times where people were like that. But as soon as I hear any terms, I'm not going to mention any here because they make me feel super duper awkward. Oh my god, do I feel super duper awkward. <laughs> Especially when I'm streaming it at the time, and then that comes out and I'm like, is this going to offend some of my channel? <laughs> Jeez. It's going to be pretty bad, but... If no. you get offended by Bioshock Infinite, priority, son. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna I'm gonna try to speak for Super since he's having call troubles and yes. can't say it himself. I think that game might be offensive for a completely different reason. <laughs> he doesn't like how the story resolves. I actually really enjoyed it, but he he writes stories, so he has a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You like the uh, the skyline writing? <gasps> I love the skyline. First off, I am terrified of roller coasters, so stuff like that actually makes my stomach turn. Um, actually, actually watching him like go around on the skyline that does make me have a funny tummy feeling. But oh my god, is it so fun! I I didn't I don't I still haven't done it. I had no idea until very recently. You could break. Yep. Uh, I've just I've just been going full force and um, yeah, just sort of running around everywhere. And yeah. then suddenly I see this instruction saying use this button to break, and you can do this. I'm like, you can break. Yeah, they tried to convey that to you. Game. They tried to convey that to you at the first time, but you're too busy just going whoa, and like everyone's like that's like, that's a big moment. It was awesome. He's just sort of like the reaction of him as well, like actually jumping onto one of these skylines. Sounds like he's petrified, and I'm like, oh my god, don't do that because you're going to make me petrified at the same time. <laughs> so what I'm going to tell you is that once you finish the game, if you really like it, and I know you love the original Bioshock, mm-hmm. you need to play the DLC. Very DLC. You need to play it. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, it's going to be more of that, and then it really just ties... Infinite back to the first Bioshock in so just very satisfying ways. It's it's very. I want cool. I want someone to make this. I want someone to make a skyline that goes from Bioshock Infinite Land. That's what I'm going to call it now. Columbia down, <laughs> down to Rapture. 
I want someone to make that all the way down. Make it in so real cool. life. Yes. Well, well, not real life. Maybe do a simulation of it or something. So maybe someone could do Oculus that. Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift. There you go. That would be so cool. Someone needs to do that and then give me an Oculus Rift so that I can actually experience it. Now, Miles, you've returned. Your mm-hmm. thoughts on Bioshock Infinite without spoiling much to Rachel because you're, you're how far in the game? Not very far at all. Elizabeth still doesn't even have short hair. I, I'm basically trying to help the Vox. Elizabeth's running away from you. She's scared of you after... Yeah, and so the Vox have this proposition for you. So you have to yeah. meet back up with Elizabeth. Proposition? They're basically forcing me to do it. They threw me out the goddamn airship. Sure, sure. Right. But. So why are we on opposite sides of Bioshock Infinite? Without, because you could say, I think it's a bad game. Why? Game-wise. Game-wise, it's bad. I, it that gives me senses itself, of wonder. The story itself is shoved so far up its own arse, but outside of that... Um, the game itself is just bad. Like, the gameplay. Sitting down and actually hitting, it's just so basic and blah. And all of the powers you get with Elizabeth are just like, we couldn't really be ours to do anything, you know, really make our environments cool, so we just gave you these wind buttons strewed about the area. I, I just I just look at it and go, this is just badly designed. I think it was. There's a couple oh. places that are wonderfully designed and an architectural. It's a very pretty game. And the story, while shoved up its own arse, like I said, is at least entertaining enough and better than some games out there. It's just not the golden opus I keep hearing it is to be. I'm going to put myself on Super Sign and agree that, you know, I only played like seven or eight hours of it, but it's just. I wasn't having, like, any enjoyment from the gameplay at all. And Nothing feels good in that game. Not yeah, my lines feel good. Headshots feel good. Yes, no. they do. And when you no, get someone with your little hooky hand and you finish them, that mm, feels good. It does feel good. Yeah, I'm with you, I, Rachel. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what when you finish the game. And if you finish Bioshock Infinite, go check out Superfluous. We did an episode on Bioshock Infinite with uh, mm-hmm. Miles and I on opposite sides, and Tony was kind of in the middle there on what he thought. I need to, I need to finish just so I can listen to Superfluous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Starbound a little bit, you know, yes. what, what's it? It's, it's space Terraria, right? Well, there's a the thing. When they were making Terraria, which is how we pronounce it over here, I suppose, um, like, Terraria was sort of made by a few people that were also, like, with Starbound at one point. So, Terraria was eventually going to be Starbound. This is my understanding of it. I mean, I don't know if this is legit, but my understanding was that Terraria was supposed to become Starbound, but someone basically said, hey, fuck you guys, I'm going to go and release this thing to you guys later, which is why there's so many, um, what do we call it, uh, similarities mm. between the two. Um, I think Starbound is vastly superior to Terraria. I think Starbound is amazing. You know, you get whole planets, not just one world, not just creating different worlds just to have random things. You get whole different planets, different sizes of planets, different terrains in these planets, asteroid fields, different galaxies, and things like that. And there's just so much to do. So much more to do than there is in Terraria. And it's still in beta. Mm-hmm. And it's just so goddamn addictive. It is. I mean, we easily played this game for about six or seven hours yesterday. Completely forgot what the time was. Mm. You know, it didn't feel... We felt, we felt like we'd been playing for, like, maybe an hour at most. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just... Once you start playing it, and if you really get into games like that, you know, sort of like a 2D sort of Minecraft sort of thing, then 
you know, you, you're going to be one of those people that plays it a lot. Rather it's, than, you know, someone who doesn't quite get it. You know, they just want to make, oh, this is a boring game. It's not for everybody. Personally, but I, I just... stopped playing Terraria when the 1.1 update came out and I, my computer could no longer run it. So <laughs> Starbound just scares me. Super computer! Uh, I thought Starbound stopped being a thing for a while. So when I heard you basically talking about it, I'm like, oh, it's actually around again. Hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really fun. I play, I play as a little flower lady. Who currently looks like Jill Valentine because of my vanity pieces. <laughs> nice. I do look like Jill Valentine. It's pretty cool. Although when she goes to sleep, because I was really bad at picking her clothes, it looks like she's naked. But you can't really quite you tell. You say it's really she's... bad, and I think that's probably the best you could have done. Yeah. Well, you know, I chose a lady, so... Rachel, it sounds like you are going to enjoy No Man's Sky when that game comes out. It sounds like a really similar concept, except they're doing a a first person planet exploration thing. No Man's Ooh. Sky. Give, give it a give it a look into. I will. That sounds awesome. It's coming out probably early next year. It starts going to start on PS4 first, but there will be a PC version soon after. So. Okay, I say I'll be looking at the PC version more than mm-hmm. anything else. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been playing The Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 5, that came out on Tuesday, beat that an hour and a half. Overall, gosh, Season 1 took about like 12 hours to beat. Season mm-hmm. 2 was like 8 and a half. It's definitely a shorter season overall. And More we were, feels. Definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of feels. Uh, not as conclusive as an ending of Season 1. Season 1 was overall better. Uh, it was our Show Me Your News 2012 Game of the Year, for those that remember that. Uh, season two was really good. It hit on a lot of good emotional levels, but there were a lot of characters, and it was tough to make connections with a lot of them. So essentially, uh, it all comes down to one big choice at the end, but it fractures into essentially five endings. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in season three, which they've you know created the game. They're just like, we're going to end it how we want to. We'll see how it works into season three when we get there. So that's a really interesting way of doing things. But I had a really good time with it. If you want to see my ending, because I was streaming it, and we put it up on, uh, on Show Me Your News, their YouTube channel there. So last 15 minutes or so, starting with the big confrontation. Again, spoilers, but if you want to watch it, it is there. Infamous First Light, short DLC, about four hours or so. Neon was my favorite power in Infamous Second Sun. So it was really nice to play with that again. I was seeing a lot of reviewers be like, well, it's really underwhelming to go from four powers in Infinite Second Sun down to one. The one is the best one. Neon is clearly better than every other power. You run crazy fast. Arguable. It's, it's the best. The one where you snipe and stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're sniping on you know, different parts of characters. I really like sniper gameplay. Uh, the protagonist, you really... It was enjoyable protagonist. Uh, it was it's kind of filling out a part of Infamous Second Son that was kind of touched upon. and you, So you know how the story ends. Uh, but it is told in flashback, and it fills out that part of the game narratively. So that was good. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I did what I do in Infamous games, where as soon as I can unlock all the different parts of the world, I do so. Just You end up being overpowered, and you just breeze through the rest of the story missions. So... If you loved Infamous Second Son, definitely check out First Light. You play as Neon, which I argue is the best power. 
And then uh, at the top of the show, I was saying I've been marathoning through a game. Uh, mm-hmm. Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. Came out on Friday. Today is Sunday. I got the game Friday night. I finished it this morning. It's about a 16-hour game. So that was pretty much a lot of what I was doing. Kind of like the whole Tales thing. Just that's what you do. You have time, you play that game. Uh, it's, It's an important game to me just, you know, for the time that it's been since it has been announced. It has that Show Me News connection to it. It's been, you know, some of the most wanted games in our Show Me News Game of the Year awards. It was voted our most anticipated game of 2011. That is right. That is right. I really enjoyed it. And as that's as someone who's played both series. I think you get the most appreciation if you played through both series. So I can't necessarily say, like, if you played through all of Ace Attorney but none of Professor Layton or the other way around. I'm not entirely sure, like, how much you're going to get out of it. It is more of a Professor Layton-style game. Uh, there are only three trials in the game that you play as Phoenix in the courtroom setting, though they do mix it up in an interesting way. They have kind of a mob uh, witness sort of design, so you have multiple witnesses you know, kind of sharing in the testimony, and then you have issues where one person may be saying one thing, but then another person may be reacting to it. So you press, it's during the press phase. So one person's saying something, but another's reacting, and you get to question them on their reaction, like, why did you react that way? It's, it's a, I like how they kind of mixed up that formula a little bit. But as far as, you know, just, you know, searching for clues and all that, it's, the whole feel is a very Professor Layton style. The story is super Professor Layton done, just with the twists and all that happen at the end. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I'm actually looking forward to talking to Joe and Ben on Questionary Roundtable, see how they've done with it. I know Ben is looking, I've uh, been playing that a little bit. but So I enjoyed that, you know, 16 hours or so. It's not the 25 I first heard, which is good. So you basically waited for four years to play a 16-hour game. Yep. Huh. Ouch. Yep. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed it, though. I'm, I'm okay. happy with how it resolved, and I'm happy that I avoided spoilers for years because there were some pretty good twists in there. So, Let's wrap up the show, though, with our YouTube video recommendations. Miles? Ah, uh, yes. What do you have for us? This time, it's about 15 minutes long, and it's Johnny Atma's Sonic Fan Medley. Sonic Fan Medley. Of course, we'll have all these in our show notes at showmeyournews.com slash podcast, where we have the edited audio version of the show and all the different parts of our outline and links to the things we mentioned on the show. Mm. You just, like, what it's does he play? He's just a uh, guitar, he, piano? He's, uh, he runs under Game Metal. Okay. Which is uh, G A M E T A L, which basically puts game and metal together. Okay. okay. Um, and he just he can sing, he can play guitar, he can play drums, and he makes himself a Sonic fan medley with a couple guests who could sing uh, Supersonic Racing and stuff like that. You know, female <laughs> vocalists. Very cool. Very cool. It's a great little medley. Dark Rye, what's yours? Uh, mine is uh, the commentated version of Cosmo's recent world record for oh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah, I have to see that. Yeah, it's about 25 minutes long, but um, it includes uh, the entire thing is post is post commentated. So he uh, he wrote and made this commentary uh, after the run was completed, and it's basically 
it's the best speedrun of Ocarina of Time ever, and Cosmo considers it to be the best speedrun that he has ever done. And uh, it is for a time of 18 minutes and 10 seconds. Uh, Damn. Beat, beat his goal by 10 seconds. And uh, uh, I, I, I believe that until a major trick is discovered, uh, this time is not getting beaten. Yeah. And so uh, he he's very in depth with a lot with a lot of things and explains everything uh, in detail. So even if you've never watched a speedrun in your life, uh, you're going to understand what's going on in this video, and it is really amazing to see. Yeah, Rachel, for as much as you played Ocarina and still play Ocarina, you need to see that. It's it's fantastic. Okay, I'm not a big fan of speedruns in all fairness, just because you know I just like seeing how it's played nostalgia. It's, it's going to blow your mind what he does with the game. Blow my fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I only use one glitch myself, and that's getting through the Shadow Temple. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, it's a very important video for me, though, because Cosmo was working at this goal of 1820 for months upon months, and it was, like, ruining his life how obsessed he was with it. So to see him not only reach his goal, but destroy it by ten more seconds... If you don't watch speedruns, you're still going to enjoy this and get a lot out of it. But like for those who do follow speedruns and know what Cosmo went through to get here, it's pretty good. Dreams do come true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rachel, what's your YouTube video? I have two, actually. One of them is watching the Game Grumps play Five Nights at Freddy's. Mm-hmm. I, this freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just say that right now. I do not like Five Nights at Freddy's. It's a very creepy game, and, you know, your animatronic animals are coming and trying to kill you because you're looking after this place at night, but just their reactions to it make it worth watching. Um, so I'm currently, you know, forcing myself to watch through those at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And never watch them at night. Never, ever, because you'll start seeing things out the corner of your eye, which <laughs> aren't actually doing it. It's just, it makes you super jumpy. It really does. Um, and the other one is one of those freaking ice bucket challenge videos. <laughs> Just because it's a two-year-old toddler who actually comes from the area I live in, in the, in the West Midlands in England. Um, a two-year-old toddler who gets, you know, put onto the ice bucket challenge, has it pulled on her, and then... You know, she's, she just comes up with some swears, but it's just the way she says it. <laughs> I'm going to say I, I still enjoy Ice Bucket videos. Do you? Yes. Yeah, I, I, like, I like Patrick Stewart's. I'm over them. I've, I've been challenged and still need to get my own done. Oh, yeah, true. That, that's the same with me as well. But, also, yeah. if you challenge the SMYN network, that's not how it works. You can't challenge <laughs> an entire group unless I'm just, you are an entire group. I'm just saying... That's why we haven't done it. It's not how it's not how it works. Uh, One sing- person cannot person. challenge eight people. <laughs> no, you have to challenge. Is it up to three or something? Well, Traditionally, yes. Individuals, okay. yeah. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that, those are what I would recommend. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's American football season coming up soon, and I host a show on the Show Me News Network called Down the Sidelines. Uh, so the local sports team, which I know definitely Miles is familiar with, the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. A sad sports team. I uh, came across a video the other day because Deadspin is doing their Why Your Team Sucks series of write-ups, which if you're a football fan, you need to read those. Anyway, came across a video for the Detroit Lions fight song, which is called Gridiron Heroes. 
and it was done for a local Fox affiliate. Basically, they went out on the streets of a city, Flint, in the middle of the state, and they got different people to try to sing along with it. These people are terrible. Yes. It is a horrific rendition of the song, but it's an amusing watch, and it kind of marks football season, which, for those that are sports fans, that's a big deal. So, Just a quick well. thing. It's not football. It's hand egg. We have football. It's a thing. <laughs> It's a soccer. It involves your feet and a ball. Soccer. Yeah, but our football is about hand egg. That's what it is. Twelve inches long, which is a foot. (laughs) What? So it's a football. But no, our ball is twelve inches long. That's not even a ball. It's an egg. Is that actually why it's called football? Yes. I have no idea. Jesus Christ! I know America is dumb. For, I'm going to end up Googling this and finding out who actually owns football. Americans or English people. I will find out. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Next time on Game Grumps. Yeah, on that bombshell. All right. With that, I am Yoko. I'm Solaroth. I'm Evie. I'm incredibly sick. Oh, <laughs> Thanks yeah. for being on the show, Darkrai. <laughs> we love you. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Find out more about this show and other podcasts at the Show Me Your News Network, where you can embrace your inner nerd over at showmeyournews.com. Fans can interact with other sminjas at the friendliest community on the net at showmeyournews.com slash forum. Show Me Your News! Bill Trent. I love Bill Trenton so much. What did he on, tweet? Twi- on Twitter, someone asked him if uh, someone like asked him if there were any uh, if there were any cosplays around for a certain large purple dragon. <laughs> and so um, he, um, I just lost the link. He uh, he responded, "You mean like this one?" Was it Barney? Yeah, <laughs> that SpongeBob one is terrifying. That is very, very scary. Jeez, that is scary. Bill Trinity, my favorite person in the world. <laughs> I've been enjoying Gigi's tweets about Leighton versus Right. Gigi is my second favorite person in the world. Yep. And the best thing in the world happens when Bill Trinity just antagonizes Gigi Digi. Oh, of course. <laughs>